Hey everyone, welcome to Spiritual Disciplines for Families. My name is Jordan Duncan, and it's my prayer that with this podcast, that you as parents would be able to learn about some of the most tried and tested ways that followers of Jesus have, well, been following Jesus. And I pray that as you begin to put some of these disciplines into practice with your kids, that you would be trained in the way of love by coming into contact with the one who loved us first, and that you would truly taste and see that the Lord is good. This week's spiritual discipline is called spiritual reading. There's a Latin name for it called Lectio Divina, but I think spiritual reading is a little more helpful because, well, I know what those words mean. Well, what is spiritual reading? I once wrote a letter to a teenager who had been in my youth group. I had not been able to see him in months, and I really regretted not being able to be present to hang out with him on his birthday. So I did the next best thing. I wrote a meaningful letter. However, I knew that most teenagers are not used to the art of long letters or receiving snail mail, so I began the letter like this. Don't read this too quickly. Save it for when you have a few minutes. Find a spot to read alone so you can pretend like we're hanging out. This is the basic idea of spiritual reading. Just as with the spiritual disciplines in general, spiritual reading is Bible reading, but it's Bible reading that's guided by the Holy Spirit. Isn't the Holy Spirit always guiding us when we read Scripture? Well, yes. I mean, He is. That's what He does. But spiritual reading is a way that we read so that we are intentionally going back and forth between Scripture and the Spirit, looking for Him to guide us and saying yes to where He wants to take us. Instead of reading quickly to get our devotions checked off the list for the day, we will find a quiet place, preferably alone, and we'll let the Word speak to us. So it's more than pretending like we're hanging out with God. For as we sink into the words, we sink into the presence of the one who inspired these words. We listen for what he is saying now to us through reading what he has said in the past to others. Now let's not skip over how amazing this thought is, that the Holy Spirit of God, who breathed life into words, for that's what it means when we say the Bible is inspired. The Holy Spirit of God breathed life into words and now uses these words to breathe life into us that we may, in turn, live inspired by him. When we say inspired, we don't mean, well, these words are really good or thought-provoking or they are ideas of extraordinary quality. What we mean is that they come from God and that they are used by God to affect us. Notice where the word inspired comes from, inspirited. This is not coincidental. As Christians, we know that we cannot live like Jesus without the power of the Holy Spirit in us. But we often wonder how it is that we can let the Spirit enable and empower us. How does a person live inspirited? 
Of course, there's many ways, but the spiritual reading of Scripture is one of the ways that God inspires us. That is, how God affects and empowers us by His Spirit to live like Him. Of course, the Spirit is always at work when we are reading the Bible. However, as with all spiritual disciplines, spiritual reading is just one more way that Christians have practiced opening themselves up and saying yes to being with Jesus and becoming like Jesus. Christian leaders throughout Christian history have talked about spiritual reading by advising that people try out these same few steps. These same steps have been taught so regularly by so many Christians that spiritual reading has even come to have its own fancy Latin name, Lectio Divina. And the act of spiritual reading is so highly regarded that Pope Benedict XVI actually pleaded for all Christians to start practicing Lectio Divina, as opposed to merely reading the Bible out of duty or for information's sake. Pope Benedict said he believed that the natural result of Christians practicing spiritual reading would be a spiritual springtime or renewal for the church across the world. So the steps themselves are pretty basic. There's four or five of them, depending on how you group them. There's reading, meditation, prayer, contemplation, and action. You might notice that these steps are basically combining the individual pieces of disciplines that we've talked about earlier. So first of all, don't worry, this doesn't mean that spiritual reading needs to be a long process where you do each of these steps as long as you would if you were just to do that discipline on its own. And nor does it mean that spiritual reading is some mechanical or technical or highly regimented process. That's actually probably the opposite of what it should be. However, it can be easier to learn how to do spiritual reading well if you learn each step on its own, which is part of why we've talked about each step on its own, because you can do each step on its own as its own discipline and find value in it. But there seems to be value in putting some of these disciplines together and doing them one after the other. So if you've already been learning the disciplines in this podcast, you should already have most of these steps down. The instructions then for the art of spiritual reading are more like learning the steps of a dance. The dance is between yourself, the Bible, and the Holy Spirit. So at first when you do the motions, it might feel awkward and fake and wooden or uninspired. And while I'm sure most of us have no idea what it's really like to get good at actual dancing, I think we've watched enough dancing reality shows to know that Even for trained dancers, it's necessary to practice these steps over and over until they become second nature. Again, remember that repetitive practice leads to things becoming second nature. So if a dancer does each step one at a time repeatedly for days on end, the dancer will gain muscle memory and the steps will then become more natural, authentic, fluid, and maybe we even say inspired. So what I'm saying is, be encouraged if practicing these steps in spiritual reading doesn't seem very authentic or inspired the first few times. Spiritual reading seems to be like anything else we do as humans. We find the benefits increasing as we practice it regularly over time. Also, don't let these instructions fool you. Spiritual reading is much more an art than a science. 
Because it's more of an art, I think you'll find that in order to guide your child in the practice, it will be easier to do the more familiar you are with it. And to that end, the next episode will be step-by-step instructions that will guide you through the process of spiritual reading so you are more aware of how to guide your child through it. Because learning how to do it for yourself will help with this intangible aspect of it when it comes to teaching your children the important art of letting the Holy Spirit guide them as they read the Bible. And what a gift it is to have the Holy Spirit guide us as we read his inspired word. Some scriptures to help us think about the art of spiritual reading. Psalm chapter 1, verse 2. You who delight in the law of the Lord, you chew on scripture day and night. John chapter 14, verses 25 to 27. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. But be sure that you live out the message, and do not merely listen to it, and so deceive yourselves. For if someone merely listens to the message, and does not live it out, he is like someone who gazes at his own face in a mirror, then goes out immediately and forgets what sort of person he was. But the one who peers into the perfect law of liberty, and fixes his attention there, and does not become a forgetful listener, but one who lives it out, he will be blessed in what he does.